Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode eight of Chasing the Chip. I am your host, Moise. How are you doing, Dree? I'm good, man. How are you? Up and down. Up and down. <laughs> like I said, like I said, every week, my mood is directly yeah. tied to the Wizards, and they've been up and down. <laughs> so, pretty loaded week. Yeah. A lot happened for the football team, considering the time period of the league year we're in, which is nothing is supposed to be happening yet. Alex Smith, gone. <laughs> He's done. We can smile, we can celebrate, or we can, you know, enjoy his time here, acknowledge it as what it was, very inspirational, solid on the field at most, and, you know, he's a great guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do both. I'm going to, you know, I'm appreciate what he gave us and, you know, remember the good times here, but at the same time, I'm glad that it's over between, you know, the recent interviews and, you know, all the other QB carousel and the, the, the recent year, it's just, I'm, I'm glad it's over. And I I can't wait. I can't wait for us to bring in a new guy and see how this goes. The move clears $19 million in cap space because they hit him with the post June 1st designation. And I think, a lot of early reports for $14 million in, in cap space. So we're going to have a little more than anticipated. And this seems like a pretty good year to have cap space tree. <laughs> Diana Russini reported earlier today saying a source told her that the buyout market this year and just people getting cut is going to be a massacre. Yeah, I've seen it. It's going to be wild. I mean, we're already kind of getting the taste of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Kyle Van Noy, an early uh, cap casualty. Yeah, I mean, like, even J.J. Watt, like, J.J. You know, Watt, like... a little bit of cap casualty, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know, because I need, I think a lot more free agents are going to be around than we had initially expected. Mm-hmm. So even though we're going to try and talk about free agency a little bit this episode, it's almost like we can't predict everything yet, just because yeah. stuff hasn't happened. Oh, and also, Jeff Bezos is trying to buy the Washington football team. Boo! Say <laughs> now it's just like <laughs> Honestly, I'm never I'm not a fa- huge fan of Bezos personally. Yeah. No. I think I don't think either of us are. But it would be such a blessing to get rid of Dan Snyder, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, I agree. That like that's the thing. Like, as you know, Bezos as a person and some of the things he does with Amazon, it's like I don't want that, but uh, you know, like mm-hmm. with everything that Dan Snyder is, it's like that will be a breath of fresh air. So it's crazy to think that somebody like you know Bezos would be a breath of fresh air. So you know, like like you just said, like to get Dan Snyder out of there, I'm all for it. But to what we're getting in, it's like we can celebrate, but only but so much. But I, I definitely think like he's he in a sense he's a winner. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's a little bit of downside that comes with him. But at lost the same it for time, about two I, minutes and then got it back. Yeah, you know, like, I feel like he can, he can help us get on the right track, but it is there is some things that come with you know him being in charge of everything and running. And everything. it's not like he we know for a fact he would be a good owner necessarily. Yeah. He could come in and be just as bad as Dan Snyder, if not worse. Yeah, and I think that's what some people are kind of you know ignoring. Yeah, I understand and, why though, but. And if a guy is coming in here and strong-arming Dan Snyder, if it theoretically happens, I really don't think it does. If he's strong-arming Dan Snyder out of his majority shares, 
ends up paying probably double than the team is worth. Uh, that I don't know if that's starting on the right note. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, it's but you know, like some of the things he's already done, already mm-hmm. have done. You know, it's, it's pretty questionable. But yeah. you know, um, I think as far as like the business aspect, I definitely think like in that you know, you know aspect, he'll keep. You know, it'll be good in that aspect. But I definitely think as far as some other things, there you know, there'll be some question marks because you know, like like I said, like he'll have us making money. I think he'll kind of in a sense put better products on the field, and you know, I, I feel like with him, you'll know that he won't interfere as much on the football side. But like I said, you know, with those benefits, it's going to be some negatives in other categories that I don't, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are ignoring, but at the same time, we don't know how it will go because I can sit here and say today that, you know, there's going to be bad in some categories and it could be good. Or, you know, we can sit here and say it's going to be bad and it's good or it's bad. It, it's good. And then it ends up being bad. So mm-hmm. you really don't know. It's not really something you can predict either. It's yeah. just kind of a guess at it. And it's not like we know these guys personally. So even I hope it happens just to be free of the Dan Snyder nightmare. Other than that, there's not much you can say. Yeah. I feel like, like, as far as, like, the media goes, I feel like we're going from one headache to another <laughs> because, you know, like, the media already be on Bezos' back. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, he, you know, he owns the Washington Post, but still you have yep. so many other media outlets. And I feel like, you know, like, I can already see the headlines going from Dan Snyder the menace to Bezos the menace 2.0 or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we know exactly how bad Dan Snyder is. Yeah. Because of, <laughs> and speaking of the media, and I think it was even the Washington Post that broke the story. Yeah. Cheerleading squad. He deserves to be eviscerated for. I'm sorry, Ty, you're distracting me. With this. <laughs> Ty is typing a long message one, one line at a time in chat right now. He's, I don't know what he's trying to tell us. I think Back to the seri- very <laughs> serious subject. The Phantom Sports Network now has 10 subscribers. Woo! Yay! <laughs> okay, this is not about to match the vibe of what we're about to talk about. <laughs> but that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for your support. I really, really appreciate it. As do all of us here at Phantom. Now... <laughs> How am I supposed to transition back? Okay, it's Snyder. Bad dude, right? Cheerleading squad. <laughs> okay, yeah. We okay. know there was some shady things going on and some things that are frankly completely terrible. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's going to be much of a punishment for that. But the Washington football team is trying to get out ahead of these things by eliminating the cheerleading squad without telling the cheerleaders, by the way, that they're replacing them with a co-ed dance crew. First of all, this is kind of funny because the cheerleading squad already is, you know, basically a dance squad. You know what I mean? Like, them, mm-hmm. you know, the cheerleaders, they don't do any cheerleading. They literally just sit out there and dance and toss a couple shirts around. But, I, and, you know, I just feel like some of these things are counterproductive. Like like you said, like, you go out and you try to get ahead of things, but then you don't tell the cheerleading team. You know, a lot of those girls have been with the team for a couple of years now. Yeah. And that's how you do them. And then it's like... You know, getting a co-ed dance team, it doesn't solve anything because, I mean, we do have the people out of the building, but at the same time, you know, I hate to say it, but some of those same same things can still happen because there's still going to be women and the same things can happen to men. You know, I don't want it to happen, but it's just like... The horrifying reality yeah, like, of our you're society getting... is that it happens a lot at this level. Like, yeah, in, in like the NFL, getting... in all workplaces, unfortunately. Stuff you know, like you're getting... this happens. 
you're getting rid of it to kind of put a very similar thing in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it doesn't make much sense to me, but I mean, I, I and one sense I want to say I respect them for trying to be productive, but another sense I can't say that because I don't like, it's not, you know, at all what it should be. You know what I right. mean? The only thing I think we can actually take away with this moving forward is that at least Dan Snyder is listening to the people around him. Yeah. Because this does not feel like a Dan Snyder idea. This feels like a Jason Wright idea. Um, I don't know. You don't think so? I think, I mean, I think it's a Jason Wright idea, but I don't think that like, I feel like, I don't want to say like, I feel like it, I don't know how to say it. Like, I mean, like, I think that. Just try not to get us sued. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not Allegedly, saying like that. whatever what I mean Drew is, says. You know, like, I don't think that Dan essentially, like, you know, like how you're saying it's all Jason Wright. I think that yeah. it was a little more Dan, but it wasn't for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like he was like, go out and get me, you know, something that's going to make this look better. So that that's what I mean why I don't feel like it was all Jason Wright. But at the same time, I feel like he did this with, bad intentions it would just kind of get in front of it and you know kind of solve this and you know get us out of uh get away from the bad press move that's what that's what i meant they've been through a pr nightmare with this as they deserve because it's a terrible thing they did yeah it is and if this is just an attempt to kind of say you know we're moving past it it's in the past we're trying to forget about it that's weaselly and gross yeah they're doing it it for the right reasons I'm I'm a little bit, a little bit more okay with that. I, OTR I, King Ty just gifted a sub, by the way. Shout, uh, hey, Bale zero three. Welcome. All right, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we have right people in the building with the right intentions, but at the same time, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. a lot of these moves are just to get in front of it and you know stop the bad press and. No, and you know those kind of things. So that's where I'm kind of a bit hesitant because, like I said, you know, I acknowledge the good and I acknowledge that there is good people in the building, but I also kind of acknowledge, you know, some of the counterproductive moves where it is, they're just doing it because they want to make more money and they want to look better. And that's where it kind of mm-hmm. ends for me. And I don't think we can say much more on that. Hopefully yeah. things are changed and it's not this way anymore. Yeah. And no. In the future with this move, hopefully it's not even an option anymore. Let's move on to something a little bit more football related because this is depressing. Free agency starting pretty soon, Dre. I think next Sunday. It opens yeah. up March 14th. 17. No, I thought it was the 17th. Around that time. That weekend. Oh, oh, oh wait, there's free agency. Well, I know the new year starts the 17th. It, I, do they start the same day or does it start a couple days? I think the moratorium period might start a few days before. Okay, okay, gotcha. But I gotcha. think nobody can officially sign until the 17th, I think. Yeah. So. With that being said, I want to take a look at three of your bold predictions for this free agency period. As a whole or for us? For us. You got three predictions. I can go first. Okay. My first prediction. This team will be very aggressive in the wide receiver market and end up with one of the top three wide receivers in the class, which is Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, or Curtis Samuel. You can interchange Galladay with any, if he gets tagged with anybody who doesn't get tagged. Maybe it's uh, Chris Godwin. Someone of that nature. I think the Washington football team will take a swing and it'll connect this time, unlike last year when they took a swing on Amari Cooper. I mean, I don't want to you know, follow up with that, but 
I definitely think they'll um that they'll probably be one of our biggest moves. Um, it's kind of hard because I don't know this team's intentions. So I mean, we uh, it's we not saw really it. bold. We talked about it. So I mean, yeah. I guess I'll just say like I I think that they make a we, we get it. There's going to be a new quarterback in the building soon. That's true. I'm, I'm, I can't say right. I don't. I, I, don't I like that one predict. because that means yeah, we're not I, stuck with Heineke and Allen. Yeah, I don't want to predict where because I, I mean I I feel like I honestly feel like it, it's it's going to be Mariota whether it's a trade or he's released. Mm-hmm. But and deep down, I really really hope that they you know just pull the trigger and move up for a rookie, especially with all this Mac Jones hype. And I'm not saying that because I want Mac Jones. I'm saying that as I want a team to reach for Mac Jones, which <laughs> opens the door for us to get a different quarterback. Because you know there's Fields. talk that yep. he might you know go be the second quarterback or the third quarterback taken off the board. And when you have guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields falling, you know I was already down to trade a couple picks for them. So if they mm-hmm. like if, if a team were to reach for Mac and they fall. I'm pulling the trigger, but that's probably my number one. So I don't, you know, follow wide receiver, but I think that there's going to be a new quarterback mm-hmm. in the building. I'm not sure if it's the draft or what, but like I said, I'll probably just go ahead and say Mariota. Okay. I think that's a pretty, I would, I would be, I think we've mentioned Mariota on the show enough, yeah. honestly, but I think, okay. It's kind of our reaction to that, right? Yeah. Mariota's okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, it's not really exciting. or no. That's why I said, and it's not really even bold because we've talked and, about it. Yeah, and, and we saw, like, J.P. Finley tweeted out, I think, that they're going to take a measured and aggressive free agency uh, approach. I don't know what that means. Maybe it just means we'll see one or two big swings and then everybody else is just kind of depth, like yeah. last season. But we'll see. Hopefully we get a little more excitement than that. But yeah. Moving on, I think tight end two will be a priority for this team. I think it's either going to be Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, or Levant, or uh, who was the other one? Free agent tight end, uh, Delaney Walker. I think Delaney Walker wasn't in football last year. He opted out because of COVID. Very solid tight end. Very solid tight end. Um, Gerald Everett, I think we've mentioned on the show as well before. Rams, free agent. And then Hunter Henry, obviously, Chargers may get franchise tagged again or just get extended. I think one of those three end up here. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't want Delaney. I think he's old and pretty injury prone. But as far as those other two, I definitely think that they um take a chance on them. And I definitely think we're going to see uh, uh, an addition at tight end. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be one that's better and bigger than most people expect. Cause I think that they like Logan, but I also think that they acknowledge his age and they, they, I think that they like, I think that they just like tight ends in general, like the way that the offense flows with mm-hmm. them. So I, I, I personally love it. I would love to have one of the, one of the two guys that you mentioned, like I said, I don't mm-hmm. really care for Walker, but, but if we could get yeah, Gerald Everett be, or Hunter yeah. Henry, I want him in here. Could also be I, a I'll Kyle take, Rudolph. Or, landing, but. Could also be a Kyle Rudolph or I think Jared Cook is also getting cut. One of those two potentially, but you know, I think a tight end is going to be one of the first signings that they have. Uh, even last season, they tried when they were uh, in the Austin Hooper push. That was maybe yeah. the second attempt they had of signing a player. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Mine, it's it's not really as far as like adding anybody, but no, nah, actually, let me let me go this through. I think I've said it before, but I and I I seen the new um report today that said that it's, it's, it's more of a possibility than people think. So I'm going to go with, I think that they bring the big boy, the silver back, back Ooh. to D.C. <laughs> you know, I actually had wrote that as my third one first. And then I've crossed <laughs> it out because I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be confident enough. 
Look, you knocking look, you knocking me out with some of the the bigger ones. So I I, I got to go That's home. Fair. And look, you know I That's love fair. Trent. So and I seen something earlier that kind of got my hopes back up. So I'm going big. We bringing a silver back back to DC, and we're going to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> so I crossed out the Trent Williams thing to replace it with a teammate of his. I think Richard Sherman is coming to DC. Oh hell no! I think it's happening. <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I pray to God that it doesn't. And it's nothing against Richard Sherman. I think he's a great player. Oh, you can't say, oh, hell no. And then say it's nothing against Richard Sherman. <laughs> because, look, we all know Richard Sherman is a legend. We know that. We know his game, but we also know that he's older. He's, you know, he ain't the player that he used to be. We've seen the last year. I think he gave he's still a touchdown. damn good corner. I think he's an okay corner, and I think we got some better guys up in the building, and I'd rather pay those guys than to go out there and pay him. I think Ronald Darby is gone. And I think he's replaced by Richard Sherman. Yeah, the Mayhew I, I, connection I, I is what's primarily the Mayhew connection is primarily what's pushing me in this direction. Uh, he was a, apparently I was talking to uh, my Niners fan friend again. He's Mayhew is like um, credited with bringing Richard Sherman to the Niners. Yeah. Why isn't he just gonna do that again? <laughs> like, no, I mean I. I... I, I agree with you. I think it does happen, yeah. and I don't see any – I don't really see Darby staying here. And I'm I, honestly, I'm not mad at it. I think Darby was pretty good, but he I also really think he's going to get a lot of money, and mm-hmm. I don't think we need to pay that. But I, I do agree with you. I do think that there's – Richard Sherman is more than likely in D.C., but I don't want that. I, I think that he's an okay corner, but I just think that that's not the route that we should go in. And, again, I, I okay. like the guy, so if he, he's on the team, I'm not going to bash him. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, like there's some better guys out there, and I feel like – for, for the defense in the corners that we had last year, I feel like they're kind of downgrading a bit. But I also understand well, the connection, so. He also, this is going to sound really like old head, but he he adds a certain, I don't want to say edge, but he, add, he can potentially add a championship mentality to this defense. Yeah, but. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot so of far, proven though. vet leadership on the defense. Look, I, don't, I mean, you can say Kendall Fuller. One of ring in uh, but he was playing like slot corner and free safety. It's not like he was. Richard Sherman was the captain of the Legion of Boom. Yeah, look, this is what I'm saying. I definitely think he'll you know bring that, but at the same time, it only goes so far. I don't care about a championship mentality when you're on the field and you're getting burnt. Like that does nothing for me. You know, in the locker room, you're all about a championship, but on the field, you know, you're giving up a couple of TDs. So you know, that's kind of where it ends for me. I, I you mm-hmm. know, I would love to have the mentality in the locker room, but at the same time, I want the on-field production to match. And he could very well prove me wrong if he is here. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, the last couple of years he's been injured. He's getting older. And when we last see him essentially healthy, it wasn't really pretty. So that's Can not... I offer an alternative to also yeah, bring ahead. that championship edge? Levante David is coming off of a Super Bowl. And he's a free agent at a position of need. Yeah, and I would like that more. <laughs> you would like Levante David more than Richard Sherman? Yeah, no, nah, because he, you know, he's coming off a career year. Richard Sherman... Yep coming off an injury, another injury. And, you know, like I said, he's older. And then when he was, you know, recently healthy, the you know, Super Bowl, it wasn't pretty. And then he played in, I think he, I played, he played in a couple games. And again, it wasn't pretty. Like Niners fans can't, you know, wait to get rid of him. So that mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, that doesn't excite me, but I've been wrong before. So it's true. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong again, but, you know, I'd rather not. I think there's some younger guys out there and better guys in the draft, all of that, that I'd rather go and get. But 
if they do it, I'm not going to bash it. I, you know, I like the guy, like I said, I don't like his play now, but at the same time, he's a great guy and a great player. He's, well, he Legend was a great game. player. Yeah. Yeah. You got a third one? Um, third one. No, you go first and I, I come oh, back. Oh, that was it. my third one. That was the... Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Right up, now, man? nah. Because I, I feel right. like you kind of covered the ones All I probably right, let's, let's move on then. So, speaking of Richard Sherman in the cornerback room, Let's do some grades. I haven't finished grade in the uh, 2020 team. So start in the cornerback room. Kendall Fuller. Very, very hot stretch of, was it three games where you got four picks? I think it was four. Yeah, four picks, three games uh, as soon as he got back. After that, solid, not elite, but, you know, pretty good. Darby, very, also very solid season. 16 pass breakups. Kendall had 11, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Moreland was also there. He had one pick, half a sack. I think the biggest problem with this, this group was kind of a hard one to evaluate because of how good the D-line was, right? Yeah. They were generating enough pressure to make the cornerbacks' lives easier, easy enough to where we... the. I think for... the Was it the entire season we had the number one ranked pass defense or like after... Week five or something? Yeah, it was after a couple weeks. <laughs> That's not a secondary stat. That's the D-line stat. So yeah, the, no, I the agree. The corners did their part, but I don't know. I think overall I agree with the unit of B because it's not. Yeah, it no, was not great. That's so funny. I was going to say a B too, and I agree, and I'm glad mm-hmm. that you're saying this because I feel like a lot of our fans kind of overrate the secondary and these guys individually. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they didn't have a good season, but at the same time, a lot of their production came from, like you just said, the D line. And, you know, like we seen, like when we seen these guys, you know, really one-on-one, it wasn't always pretty. Like there were so many times where Darby got bailed out and, you know, Fuller got bailed out. And I was surprised to see Moreland's numbers because I felt like every time I was watching him, you know, he was getting babied in a sense. Yep. (laughs) I think there was a he was finished as like the ninth best slot corner. Yeah, uh, and that was so crazy to me. Because, to I mean, towards towards the end of the year he got better, but I feel like as a whole it was you know very flip floppy. I think the whole defense kind of got better, so it might yeah. have he might have been a beneficiary of that. It kind of seemed like maybe it was a little more Jack Del Rio's scheme kicking in because they didn't have a real off season, and you know a lot of the players on the defense were super young. Yeah, and were coached by Greg Minuski before, so you have to fix some stuff. <laughs> So, and we also saw, like, Fabian Moreau, I think, had a pick or two. There there was some depth at this position, and they looked good. They did not look great. Yeah. I think you need maybe, if you get a free safety, I think it fixes a lot. I think you go from a good defense to a great defense. If you get, like, a shutdown elite corner, I know before the season everybody was saying Jalen Ramsey, then he signed that extension with the Rams. That takes you to a premier defense who can shut down almost anybody. Yeah, we we definitely are locking a, you know, true number one, true lockdown corner. But I think that more than anything, we definitely need to address safety. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, like I've said before, like I like Landon, but I really wish this year we can, you know, cut him and be done with it. We could start curl at strong safety and just find our guy in, at free safety, whether it's, you know, free agent or through the draft. Or like, Reeves. Could yeah. still be Reeves. Well, I no, think he's I, third I, year. I think – I think Reeves is a guy that we could keep around, but I don't think that as a long-term free safety option, I don't 
Because I, I feel like. What did you think of uh, DeShazer Everett then? I think that DeShazer is best as a special teamer. I, really? Well, look, let me, I thought man, he played really well this year. I think he played okay, but I don't think, like, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, as a whole, I just, like. I think going outside would be best because even though DeShazer played pretty well, he was not playing at, like, an above-average free safety level. Yeah, that's playing, what I mean. And then, playing good for what he is, right? Yeah, and then, like like you said, like you just said, like, a lot of these guys look better because of the D-line. Like, I'm, you know, individually, like, I don't, like, a lot of these guys don't wow me, so I feel like we need to go out and get a guy that's, you know, going to wow me. And, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm being too hard because these guys have been on the team for a while mm-hmm. now, but that's that's just how I feel. And, I mean, I feel like I've seen enough that didn't change my mind, but at the same time, I could just be hard because I'm used to how this goes, but that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, and he's a great special teamer, if nothing else, so he's always going to be a good player to keep around. It's just a matter of, is he your future starting free safety or not? I think we're both kind of in agreement he's not. But overall, I give the free safeties a C minus. Apke yeah. was bad. Reeves was okay in his starts. I think he, he played a lot, actually. I think he had like nine starts. And then uh, I think DeShazer got like two or three. Something yeah, like that. I, I give about a C, C minus. It was overall an underwhelming unit. Apke was really, really bad the first four weeks. Uh, yeah. Could not tackle anything. Then you. <laughs> God, I. Every time I think about Troy Apke trying to tackle, I just kind of have to laugh at myself. Man, it's so crazy because, we, you know, a lot of us tried to pump him up so much. I definitely I, did. Yeah, White lightning, it, baby. Yeah, I was I was about to say it, but, yeah, it's so crazy. We tried to pump him up, but it just didn't work out. And now he's on the same level as Sean Doo Davis. Like, <laughs> I knew from the jump that Sean Davis was going to be He beat him cool. out. And I tried to give Troy the benefit of the doubt, but, nah, Troy, you on that level, too. You can get up out of here. Uh, he did beat out Sean Davis head to head. So yeah, I wanted Marcus Williams, it's, and it's crazy because I wanted Marcus Williams so bad that draft, but he's mm-hmm. not much better either. So it's like he still could end up here, free agent. Yeah, but I just I don't know. Like I don't want none of that. I want some good guys. I don't want. I don't keep one. I don't really want these midterm guys over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's I feel a couple like good guys go in the draft get, as well. Yeah, but, uh, that's what I was about to say. We're gonna go out and get a midterm guy rather just take a chance on a rookie. Yeah, I mean, could end up with another Cam Curl playing opposite. Yeah. But yeah, I think all of them were pretty underwhelming. Please bring a free safety. Moving on, tight ends. Logan Thomas, I'm going to give an individual grade. And then, because I don't think it's fair to judge all the tight ends based off of one guy doing everything and nobody else doing anything. 72 catches, 670 yards, 6 touchdowns, 9 per 3 yards per catch. Good stuff. I like Logan Thomas. Individually, I'm giving him a B because this was his first time in a bigger role. Put up over 600 yards, six touchdowns, and he looked like he was improving pretty much every week. Yeah, I, I give him a B, B plus. And the rest of that unit, I'm not even going to speak on individual grades, but yeah. it's no, it's the a, lowest grade that they can get. Like I don't D. even what even what production did we even get from the other guys? Jeremy like, Sprinkle, Sprinkle was there. Yeah, Sprinkle, he really plays special teams. And I think that he's a solid special teamer. But other than that, we didn't really see much of the I mean, other tight down, ends. Yeah, and... I mean, going down the list, you have Marcus Ball, who was on IR most of the year. I think he was somewhat brought in early, early in the Rivera yeah. uh, era. Never really got to play. Had some okay things coming out of training camp. But, yeah, 
I think Richard Rodgers was on the team in camp. And then they cut. It's so funny because we got rid of Richard Rodgers, but he probably would have been a nice tight end too for us because he did. Didn't he, he was, like torch us against the Eagles? Yeah, he was pretty solid in uh, Philly. He wasn't, you know, nothing, anything crazy, but he was well, definitely better than the guys that we had. So there's, Logan. there is one guy behind Logan who I still have hope for because if we didn't see him, oh, at don't all, tell me. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I still think Thaddeus Moss can be a capable NFL tight end. I'm not going to say he can't, but at the same time, I wasn't that high on him coming if, out of the draft. If you're related to Randy Moss, I will believe in you until I see otherwise. I haven't yeah, gotten but, to see anything. But, I mean, look, I'm going off what I saw in college. He didn't right. have, like, he wasn't really good in college until... He cooked your boy uh, Trevon Diggs? Joe Burrow went over there, and even still, he wasn't. First of all, don't say my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what I was talking about. Um, he wasn't, like, even with Burrow, he wasn't that great. And, I mean, it could have been mm-hmm. because of the wide receivers that they had. But, overall, he just really doesn't excite me. So, again, I'm not going to say that he, you know, he can't. I'm not going to say he can't be an uh, NFL caliber player. But, at the same time, I don't expect much from him. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to cross off t- tight end because of him, like I, at this point, he's just a tight end three. Or oh, I'm not crossing it off. Yeah, I'm yeah, definitely no, not I crossing it off. I understand that you was. I'm just saying, like in general. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be if that's their plan. No, that's an insane person. I don't think like, there's a plan. I don't, I don't even. No, I, yeah, if, if yeah, I was. Wish, I don't even think. I think there's a good chance that he isn't even on the team. I think maybe training camp. But I think that there's a possibility that even he gets released if you know, well, I don't know if he can be released because I don't even think he has a contract beyond this year. He's probably but, on like a futures yeah. something because he's on IR. But I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, he can work out because he was. I thought he was a pretty decent blocker at LSU. He always talks about yeah. how good of a blocker he he was at the combine. And he's Randy Moss's son. He can catch yeah, the mean, football. So. I like his blocking part, but uh, the rest of it it doesn't it doesn't nothing for me. Like I feel like his hands are very shaky, and you know his root running, all of that. It's it's nothing really special about it. as a blocker. Yes, but. You know, that's kind of how I feel about a guy like Sprinkle. I feel like – I think he'll have better hands than Sprinkle, but I feel like overall they'll kind of have the same impact. But, again, I could be wrong. Sprinkle – I mean, I really hope the bar we set isn't Sprinkle's hands. uh, That's a very (laughs) low bar. Look, I'm not saying – I'm not setting the bar there. I'm just saying, like, you know, for what he is, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think he's just a bit better, Mm -hmm. but it's nothing really that screams to me yet. Yeah, we've talked enough about that, Moss. He He hasn't played a snap. He barely, I don't even think he played a full camp. So, let's move on to some Wizards. Two and two this week. Uh, we swept the Nuggets. We finished the sweep of the Nuggets. We also beat the T-Wolves. Blew them out. We then proceeded to <laughs> choke 100% against the Clippers, or not the Clippers, the uh, Celtics, and get blown out by the Grizzlies. I don't... Up and down, like I said at the beginning of the show. It's been painful to watch when they lose, but quality to watch when they win. When it they're not playing well, it's a very, very ugly sight. We saw Russ have eight turnovers against the Grizzlies. Most of those were in the span of like 45 seconds. I don't know how a human being turns the ball over that. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. Like, uh, I just seen a tweet earlier where uh, we we supposedly have two the, the top two uh, leaders in turnovers. Look, this is this is okay, my well, thing. Hold on, hold on. I saw that tweet. 
The second one was Anza's Pasha Sneaks. Yeah, I mean, I know minutes. he doesn't play that much, but... <laughs> no, no, he still. played six... He's not on the team. He played six minutes and got cut. Yeah, I mean, that's still pretty bad, though. But, um... Five min- oh, five turnovers in six minutes has to be some kind of record. And, like, bro, did you see the stat line? It was, like, point one point. I don't point think one, he scored. You know, rebound. Just... I'm like, bro, how do you go out there and turn the ball over five times, but... And you don't score, you don't rebound, none of that. He was, it was essentially bad. he was on the other team. But um, <laughs> back to Russ, I think um, and this Speaking is my thing. And, like Russ, he does a lot of good things, but he also does some bad things. And the turnovers are one. The first of all, the Wizards aren't going far until he turns to turn up until, until he, he cuts, cuts the turnover. Yeah, cuts can't average five turnovers and be a good team. Or five yeah, point guard and, can't average five turnovers. And and, and and this is my thing with the Wizards. I think that, like you said, like when the Wizards are winning, they look really, really good. But when they're losing, they look like a whole new team. And my problem with the they Wizards like is I don't think team. that they, like, as of right now, the way that the team is constructed, I don't know if they can, you know, maintain success. And that's one of the reasons why I don't really care to make the playoffs because I definitely think that we have a team that can, you know, um, compete with these guys, but I feel like every time you know they get the chance, and when they go out there, I don't really think that it'll match, you know, what it is sometimes. And I'm and I don't mean to say that because we've definitely seen them go out there because they just beat the they just beat the Lakers recently. Mm-hmm. You know, they they went uh for a while for you know they were seven and five against. I think they were seven and five against teams over five hundred and five and thirteen against teams under five hundred. Yeah, like so. the recent win record, even the Clippers game, we ended up getting blown out, but for a while they kept it close. But mm-hmm. you know, this is my problem with the Wiz. When you really look at the record and you know all all the things that's all considered, they're like five and fourteen in the East. That is terrible. You if you can go out and be Western Conference teams, you can beat Eastern Conference teams. It's no reason why. You know, all these fans say, oh, playoff team, playoff team, da da da. But you can't be a playoff team when you're five and 14 in the East. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when the East has, you know, uh, four to six um, seeds with losing records. And that's another thing. Like, all these people are screaming, you know, playoffs, but I don't want to make the playoffs under 500. And the Wizards need to start winning, or, you know, you're going to completely, I mean, gonna, you're not even going to get the chance. They need to win and get above 0.500 before you even consider me. Because, like, they're still like 13 and 20. That's not yep. good. And then a lot of people are like, oh, we haven't been in the playoffs for a while, but I'm not going to set the, you know, that's not my bar. I don't want to make the playoffs just to say we made the playoffs. I want to make the playoffs and be a good team. I don't want to make the playoffs and know that there's a, a good chance that we're probably going home. Like, that's, that's not, that doesn't excite me. I want to, you know, go out there and know that we, you know, realistically have a chance and, can beat these teams because you know right now we you know we we get the A seed and we go we go up against the Sixers we're going home and that doesn't make well, me feel honestly good. honestly I don't agree I think in this year specifically where it's COVID there's no probably not going to be fans in the playoffs probably just going to be another year where we don't know what's going to happen the Miami Heat wouldn't have made the uh, the finals in a lot of seasons they made it in the bubble well I didn't like this I mean I nobody don't... nobody considers the bubble like super super big indicator of anything but i do think you can use it to measure this year if you can have success in any playoff series and not be the best team this would be the year to do it i mean it probably will be but i just don't see that's the only reason i'm still rooting for a playoff seed just because i think i I think anything can happen this year even if i know the the um the draft class is super stacked but i've seen what this team can be I know it has the capability to compete in a playoff series. I just, it's, it's just so infuriating when they're playing worse than they should be. 
Because it's yeah. a, it's it's due to stupid things usually. It's not it's not something that's a systematic flaw necessarily. A lot of it has to do with like the defensive scheme is starting to make a little more sense as we get in, along into it. I still don't love the idea of Raul Neto being switched on to LeBron, but if Raul Neto is stopping LeBron, I know you don't like when I use that, but uh, I think it can succeed against certain teams in the East. You have to play for playoffs, you, know, you have to get lucky. I think like you probably wouldn't be competitive because you won't be able to outshoot the Nets. I know we're 2-0 and against them, but that's without Harden. But during this stretch specifically, the Celtics game they should have won and they choked. That was one of the few times they've choked in a close game this season. Just kind of uh, speaking anecdotally. I know they won close against the Heat. They won. They obviously had that crazy ending against the Nets. They had... Uh, it just kind of feels like every close game, they eke out. Until this game where we lost because Bradley Beal slipped on some sweat. Yeah, but I mean, you say that, but there's also a lot of games that you could say that they couldn't have, that they shouldn't have, or couldn't have won, could not but have won. Just anecdotally if, speaking, it feels like when they lose, they get blown out. When they win, they win close, and they win down the stretch when it matters. Yeah, but that's yeah, and you're right. But that's the thing that doesn't really excite me because you know what I mean. Like when you don't think every, you, don't like, you think know that they couple, can keep it close in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't keep it close, but, you know, every, it's going to get tiresome every single night where you got to play down the stretch. You know what I mean? And that's what yep. you like. And, I mean, granted, that's kind of how the playoffs are at times. But the thing is, I don't know if the Wizards can be that team for four to six games. And They have playoffs, to be hot I mean. because, like we see, when they're hot, they can be, play with anybody. When they're not, it looks like the Grizzlies game. I want to yeah, talk I mean, a little more about specifics on the games, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to keep being repetitive because I mean, it's mm-hmm. clear like where I stand, you stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, I just feel like as a whole, like, I don't think that the playoffs really does this current team and the direction that they're going in much. Like, it doesn't really. I don't think it does much for them. But again, I could be wrong, and I mean, yeah. I guess we'll just see. I'm only not. Way, if they make the playoffs, I'm, yeah. If they make the playoffs, I'm not going to hate. But at the yeah. same time, that's not that's not really what I want. But I also understand that it's bigger than me and. Some other fans out there might want the playoffs, so I'm just gonna let whatever happen happen. I'm not gonna keep stressing myself about this team and what they do because when I, you know, when I start to like them, they disappoint me. Hmm. When I dislike them, they, you know, on the run. So it's it's all over the place and it's just tiring. Yeah, I 100% agree. (laughs) So let's talk on the bad a little more, just because when it's bad, it's bad. Rui Hachimura, last three games, has been. Very, very bad. I don't know if it's because he's being demanded more of his defense because now he's kind of been a little bit better of a defender. But offensively, he's been putrid. He w- he had six points against the Timberwolves. He had, I think, it, on three of nine shooting, I believe. Celtics, two points, one for five shot, uh, One for five field goals. Grizzlies... He had seven points on two of seven shooting. He has been playing very, very poorly, and it's not encouraging to see. Especially because when he's on, you can see him kind of going at guys like Kawhi. You can see that he has the capability to be a pretty damn good player. But when he's off, it looks like he has no idea what's going on on a basketball court. 
Wait, before I address you, I want to address this comment. It says if we make the playoffs, it could lower some free agents. Uh, free agents. First of all, if we you, are the it Wizards. depends. That You're depends. Not ma- like. You know, look, I think that guys like Bill and Westbrook can lower free agents here. Yes. But at the same time, this is the problem with this fan base. You know, they win a couple games and they get a couple, you know, they have a couple guys and they start to think that this, like, at the end of the day, we're Washington. We're the Wizards. No, You know, realistically, you're not going to get many free agents if you're the eighth or seventh seed in the East. And I think that that's something that people need to realize. But back to what you just said, I definitely agree as far as um, uh, Rui goes. And I think that... Um, well, hold on. Just speaking on that, I don't necessarily agree with that either. The the Nets were, what, a seven seed, an eight seed? They right, landed... But just, they landed Kyrie and Har- uh, and uh, they were the right, little brother team they in didn't New York. Land, they didn't land. They didn't land Kyrie and Katie because of what they did. They landed Kyrie and Katie because they wanted to. They both wanted to play in New York. Kyrie wanted to be closer to his family. They wanted to pick the Knicks. Katie, bro, for, they would have picked the Knicks, but first of all, Katie was no. going to the Knicks. Katie was going to the Knicks, but Dolan didn't want to give him the five year deal. You didn't. Yeah, like, no, I did. That's. It wasn't going to the Knicks. The Knicks were under consideration. No, he was going to the Knicks. Oh, you don't think he would have played with Kyrie? I think, think he would have actively chosen. But I definitely think that there was a big possibility that he was going to the Knicks if Dolan said. I think that Katie has said it wasn't true, but I think all things considered, I feel like if the Nets, I mean not the Nets, I feel like if the Knicks would have given Katie what he wanted, he would have went there. And I and I, I and I hate to say that. that because I don't like the Knicks. I hate their fans and how unrealistic they are. But I think that that's very true. Julie but as Frank. far as Kyrie goes. Like, you can't say that because they didn't go to the Nets because they're the Nets or, you know, because of what they did that year. They went to the Nets solely because that's what, like, that's what they wanted. Like I said, like, uh, Kyrie went because he wanted to be close to the family and Katie went because he wanted New York. It was just a matter of the Knicks or the Nets. I don't we don't know. have seems... we don't really have those things. But, I mean, if okay, guys want to play on, with Westbrook, but do you Hill, think maybe? But do you think if the Nets hadn't made the playoffs the previous year with D'Angelo Russell and all those role players? They would have considered Brooklyn because before that, Brooklyn yes, was I not good. So. Brooklyn was not good. The Knicks weren't good. Neither team in New York was good. But you, so but they you no free like, there. You're saying that, but they got rid of the coach that took them to the playoffs, and they got rid of the guys that took them to the playoffs. So none of that matters, and that's why I think that even if they didn't, make I mean, the Joe playoffs, Harris would have went. Joe Harris is there. You really Joe, have Joe Harris. They got rid of that. They got they rid had of the rest of the team, basically. They had the rest of the team in the league. Traded it for Harden. <laughs> like obviously, if, if you're trading for a Bro, third they've superstar, they've been trying to trade for a superstar this whole time. They've reconstructed their whole entire team. If they went to Brooklyn for that team and for that reason, they would have kept that team together. They've been trying to get rid of Karras from the jump. They've been trying to get rid of um Allen and stuff from the jump. That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't go because the the Nets made the play. Like they literally got rid of Atkinson. Like it's uh Kyrie didn't go there because of him. He didn't even like the guy. He went there because he wanted to be close to his family. Literally, that's it. That's all. And then, like I said, Katie went because he wanted New York. And it was just a matter of the Nets or the Knicks. And I, like I said, I hate to say it because I don't like the Knicks and I feel like the, their fans are very delusional. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like if Dolan would have given him what he wanted, I think that there's a good possibility that we would have seen uh, Katie in the orange and blue. Agree to disagree. However, going all the way back <laughs> to where we were, the Wizards. I uh, the the free agency thing. There's no right answer to those kinds of things, right? So 
it is what it is. I mean, we say that. I just feel like we keep saying this thing, and it never happens. Like we said before, oh, we did have this, have that. It never happens. Like you're not gonna, you're not realistically, guys aren't coming here in free agency unless we're overpaying them. And we like also said, have been cap in the cap hell. Like I said, it, I mean, it could change because you have guys like Russian and stuff, but at the same time, there's nobody I can see that's going to be a free agent or even on the trade market that I can well, see coming here and say, I want to be in Washington, unless you're giving them a drastic bag. So the NBA is so weird now that it's at any given point, one player could say, I want to play with Russell Westbrook, and then it's over. He will be a Washington Wizard. The only question is, what do we have to give up for him? That's what happens in the NBA now. Anthony Davis wanted the Lakers. He got traded to the Lakers. James Harden wanted the Nets. Got traded to the Nets. Superstars choose their destinations and they play with their friends. Yeah, they do. But at the same time, nobody's. I don't see anybody, you know, saying that. We don't know. We, we don't. Know. I mean, we don't know. But I'm giving my take on it, and that's you know what we do. Like we give our opinion on it. That's how I currently feel. I don't think any, especially the Wizards are what thirteen and twenty, and not even the eighth seed. They're the twelfth seed in the East. Even with Westbrook and Bill, you're not going to have many guys say, I want to go to D.C. Come on now. Everybody's going to go to these top teams that are, you know, competing right now that, you know, are time for a championship. We have good guys on the team, but a lot of people still see us far away. And there's a there's a reason that a lot of people are still saying trade Bill, you know, trade Russ. I feel like I feel I can bet you right now there's a couple of people on Bill's phone that a couple of players on his phone right now that's telling him you need to get out of Washington, bro. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I agree. That's what they do. That's what they do. If they're yeah. going to link up, they're going to tell him, I want to link up with you, but not on this current team. Yeah, not not on DC. I, I can agree with that. Maybe Beal is just bad at convincing people then. I don't, you know, that's <laughs> the thing. I don't think he's bad it's at like, convincing people. I just think, like, it, it's just everything considered. Like, even mm-hmm. with, you know, the football team, you know, DC should DC should be in my opinion DC should be on the level of these you know better states Miami um LA like it doesn't have the sunny weather but I feel like as a whole DC should be more of a staple that guys should consider but at the same time they don't and that's why I'm not going to sit here and say we can get these guys and this and that because we have Russ and Bill when you know history shows that that's not always the case we always end up with the lesser guys and you know the mid-tier right. guys especially when you have these teams that are you know the top seeds and are competing for a champ well um our championship contenders those guys nine times out of ten are always going to go that route because we had remember that year i mean we had that year we had that year where we was looking pretty good and only we only needed one piece mm-hmm. and the two the two options we had was katie and al horford we wanted KD so bad, but that was unrealistic. And we, we really thought we had a chance he was Al never Horford. And even here. he said himself, Al Horford said himself that he probably would have considered that if Brooklyn, I mean, not Brooklyn, if Boston didn't give him what he wanted. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we didn't get it. And we we, we, we had a good year, and we probably would we would have been a top three seed if we would have got one of them. But And that's what I'm saying. Something always happens where it just, you know, it just doesn't go that way. You want to know something a little depressing about the Al Horford thing? What? <laughs> so what happened after we didn't sign uh, Al Horford, is we signed Jan Mahimi to that four-year sixty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that the Wizards had a deal in place with Zaza Pachulia? <laughs> and instead, they chose to pay Jan Mahimi $16 million a year. I feel like I've seen it, but it's kind of escaping me. But I'm not surprised. It's the same team that when they lost, you know, but, the free agents, they the went kicker, out and paid. The kicker is Zaza Pachulia. Agreed to come here for two years, four million dollars. Look, we you chose tell me no to pay. Well, I mean, we chose to pay Yamahimi, so I 
The more I Bro, talk I, about this that, team, the more I'm starting to agree with you. Nobody's ever coming here. It's weird. <laughs> First of all, I can, that's what I'm saying. They're not coming here unless they get a bag. First of all, I can promise you there was no team on the table that offered Ian Mahimi more than probably $5 million. And then you got to offer this man $16 million per year. He, did you know that he only had made $16 million yes. with the Pacers? Like, it was uh, his current, his previous deal was $16 million for a year. And then we go out and give him that um, per year. Like, it just blows my mind. But... And that's and, and that's what I mean. Like I said, I don't want to be a downer because like I want this team to succeed. I want to be a team. I want us to be the team where I say we can. Like I want to go out every night and say we can win every night. I want to say we can make the playoffs and we can genuinely compete because that's how you know 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, those years. I felt like that and I was excited to say I was a Wizards fan. I was excited to root for the Wizards when the yeah. playoffs came around. We were the fourth, fifth seed. I still knew that there was a chance that we probably could make the Eastern Conference um, Finals yeah. because we just had the team and they, they excited me. You know, they wasn't the best, but they still, you know, did enough. I just feel like sometimes the team doesn't always do enough. And that's and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, even with the current win streak, they're still so far away from, like, like I said, the you know, like, I feel like a, a lot of people are focusing on making, you know, like getting a seed overall. But my biggest thing is, like I said, being above 500. And every every game is it's becoming less likely for us. And like I said, I don't want to, you know, make the playoffs and be mm-hmm. a losing team because that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. But, uh, see, part of it is just because, frankly, this team has been a little unlucky. Yeah. You don't <laughs> – you had a play. You had players from all around the world. I know the roster is kind of constructed like that, but – Literally, players are coming from around the world to D.C. Latvia, if Latvia doesn't have 10 basketball players, that's not the Wizards' fault. But Davis Bertans can't get in shape because they're not 10 basketball players in Latvia. (laughs) COVID outbreak, worse than any other team in the NBA, had more than half of your roster and important role players contract the virus, or at least test positive, and come back out of shape again. You're put in. We were put in such a big hole that even if this team was good, they might not be above 500. I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. I think they're kind of between right now. Their defense has been improving. Their offense has been struggling, and a lot of that has to do with the turnovers. But I don't know. I, I think we I should think... do. I think we should move into the the roster breakdown. Yeah. We'll talk about every player and how they're doing at this point in the season. I and just then, got one last thing to say. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I agree with you. I think that they're kind of in the middle of being good because, like you said, when they, they're they on, they're on, but when they're off, they're off. But that's the that's kind of the thing with the Wizards. Like, I just feel like, you know, they do so much to win a little bit more, but then they follow that up with so like so much more bad. Like, they went on that win streak, then they started losing again. And it's like now they're probably going to lose a couple more games. And it's just – it's it's kind of the back and forth. And I just want to see a bit more consistency. Like, the win streak was cool. It was fun. But can y'all keep doing that? Like, I don't want to go and win, you know, eight games and then turn around and lose two to three and, right. you know, win one and lose two to three. Like, it's, it's, it's just it's, – it's just annoying. But we can get on – we can get to the breakdown. All right, let's get to the breakdown and kind of how they've gotten to this hot and cold period. I have one A-plus on my entire... We're gonna So we're going to go through the roster, just kind of by rotation, and give each individual player a letter grade. I have one A-plus on my entire list. You want to guess who it is? Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Bradley Beal, obviously. A, only A plus on the list. I think the only other high one outside of that was I gave two out two Bs. Everything else has been not good. 
Yeah. What'd you give Bradley Beal? Um, I'm, leading scorer in the NBA. Leading scorer in the NBA. Highly efficient in a place a lot of people aren't efficient. Shooting forty nine percent on mid range threes. A uh, little bit worse from three this year. I believe he's shooting about thirty two percent from three. Been better from the line though. Yeah, look, I, I I give him an A, but it's closer to um it's closer to an A plus than it is an A minus. I definitely think he's um he's he's close to the A plus range, but for me, I feel like as a whole, I just need a smidge more defense. And I feel the same way about some other guys in the league who are, you know, stud offensively, but kind of lag on the defensive end. But mm-hmm. I don't know, like a part of me wants to give the A plus because he goes out there and he's he's been balling. But at the same time, I just feel like sometimes it could be just a smidge more. And then you have like those games where he kind of falls short a little bit at the end. And I don't want to completely blame him because I know he gives it his all mm-hmm. for three quarters. And but the last it's two in the games, A plus A range for me. It's kind of funny we're giving an A plus. The last two games, he has not been his best. The Celtic team, he was great <laughs> and then turned the ball over in the clutch. And yeah, then... see, look, I'm, I'm going to stick with the A, but like I said, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's much closer to an A plus than it is an A minus. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Let's move on to the second best player on the team, in my opinion. Probably am. Russell Westbrook. C plus. Keep uh, averaging the triple double. I think he's maybe 0.1 points, 0.2 assists away from averaging the triple double, 20, 10, and 10. Turnovers are still high, averaging five turnovers, but he's. Just wait. Feels lackluster. And defensively, so he, he, he's been a little. He's the second best player on the team, but you're giving him a C plus? Yes. I, but I thought you said you had two Bs. He. Okay, so. Oh, I mean, so you're saying he's the second best player, but. As, as for the, the whole, caliber of Russell grade. Westbrook, I'm giving him a C plus. Okay, I, 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 can, I can mess with that. He has, low, he has raised his own standards. When you prove you are an MVP in this league, you need. I demand more out of you. You should not be averaging five turnovers a game. I put him, like, just on the precipice. If it was a grading seal by numbers, I think he'd be, like, a 79 out of 100. He's very close to that B range, and he's been shooting up. If you had asked me two, three weeks ago, I would have said this was, like, a D minus. <laughs> so, I think he's got he's gotten a lot better. He's playing a little bit more consistently. I'd like to see him be a little more consistent when he gets to the rim, because now he's kind of getting there and missing. But that's yeah. an improvement from just shooting the mid-range. So, C+. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's tough because I, I, you know, like I, I probably say I probably say uh like a B minus. I think he's been getting better, but I still think he's pretty streaky at times. And mm-hmm. again, like we both said, the turnovers. So yeah, I'm in. I'm. I'm. I. I go a bit up from you, and I give him a B plus. But I, I he's definitely in the B minus. I'm not a B plus. B minus. He's definitely in the B minus C plus range. I can agree with that. Moving on, the third starter. Garrison Matthews, two-way player. By the way, big news, the two-way players don't need to be converted this season. They can stay on two-way contracts, which I think is a good thing because that makes him a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, very good thing. And he's playoff eligible if, you know, that happens. (laughs) Uh, Garrison plays with a lot of energy. Very wonky jump shot. Kind of adds defense to the entire starting lineup. Just adds, like, energy and edge. A lot of it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. I think overall, I'm giving him a B minus. Actually, yeah. no, I'm, I'm bumping it up to a B. Yeah, I was gonna say for for Garrison Matthews and like what he's doing, like uh, you know, on the scale of NBA players, this his this is not the grade for him, but on the scale for the Wizards and him and like what he's doing is, I I agree, it's a B. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if it was like an overall kind of everybody on the same scale grading kind of deal, it'd probably be closer to like a C minus C. Yeah. He's not but producing for, night in, night out kind of deal. But Yeah, but for what we expect and like, yeah. you know, how he you know, didn't start and then now he's starting to start and get more minutes for it's only the second his, year in the NBA. Yeah, for his grade, I, I, I give him a B2. I agree yeah. with that. Power forward, Rui Hachimura. This one was kind of tough. I love Rui so much, and he plays super well when he's playing well, but when he he's not, he kind of has that auto porter to him where he just, I don't, I don't like, Houdini's it. He just disappears. <laughs> yeah. And the COVID thing considered, I, I give him a B minus. Yeah, I I think I I'd be on that too to B minus B, because like you said, when he's on, he's balling. But you know, when he's been off a couple games and he's very hot and cold. And this is different, but a side note, he needs to stop taking so many threes. <laughs> yeah, no. but he's still. <laughs> but, you can tell he's like the jump shot looks better. It yeah, is not going in consistently enough. So <laughs> keep working at it. Maybe next year it'll be mid thirties and actually be usable. Right now, yeah. high twenties still, iffy. Yeah, like if you wide open, take it. But other than that, I don't want to see you shoot that ball. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, B minus B for me. Starting center, Mo Wagner. I gave him the same letter as his position. I gave him a big old C. <laughs> yeah, I agree. C C minus. He has think- kind of softened. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think recently he's brought a lot of energy and stuff, but overall he's still, you know, just in that range. Yeah, you know, he's just kind of an average role player at best. Still, I would say maybe even a tad below that, but he's he's been playing at a pretty high level for himself. Yeah. And like you said, brings that energy. He's also kind of softened the blow of losing Thomas Bryant because his offense is so much better. Maybe it's just because it's so much better than Robin Lopez and Len. <laughs> but he can shoot the three a little, has a soft touch around the rim. Gets open on pick and rolls and uh, dunks with authority. So, yeah, I, I think kind of that C range is pretty good for Mo Wagner. Then we move on to his backup, speaking of, Robin Lopez. I gave him a C for the opposite reasons I gave Mo Wagner a C. He's, I'm going to uh, give him a C minus, but I agree with you. He, yeah, I mean, he's bigger. He's protecting the interior pretty well relative to our roster, at least. He's been picking it up offensively a little bit, too. During the win streak, he was averaging like 10 points a game. And he adds a little bit of rebounding. Uh, he's not great, but he, you'll see him like tip balls out of what are uh, easy rebounds with him not on the court. I think overall, C is maybe a little generous, but I, I'll, I'll give him the credit after the win streak. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I'm going to go with a C minus, though, but I, I feel you. What do you think about... Howell Neto. It's tough because um I think overall he's still pretty mid, but I think recently he's definitely put a lot of energy defense and just, you know, I don't want to say playmaking because it's not officially playmaking, but I feel like, you know, like genu- generally, like he's just been everywhere and like giving yeah. us opportunities that we didn't have recently. Really good in the passing lanes, I've noticed. Yeah. Just kind of gets his and, and, in there. And that's, like, and that's what I mean, like, I don't like it's not really playmaking because it's not offensively, yeah. but he makes plays. Yeah. It's yeah, weird but, to call yeah. him a playmaker. I agree. I know what you're going. I know where you're going from. I gave him a B. Yeah, I agree. Denny Avdia. This one is really, really tough 
And it almost feels unfair to the kid because he came in with no offseason from a different country, had to become accustomed to the United States and learn pro basketball and play in the <laughs> NBA. And he got COVID, by the way. But he has not played well since he got back from COVID. He, he was been demoted from the starting lineup to the bench. Kind of hoping that would give him a little more of a spark. It hasn't really. His defense, he still fouls a little more than we'd like, but still defends at a pretty decent level. Overall, I gave Denny a C-. minus. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, like, he, he's definitely made, like, a couple of shots and stuff, but overall, he's definitely been a bit disappointed. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not completely holding him against, get, holding it against him, all things considered, but right now, I, I agree yeah. with you, C-. Minus. And he doesn't get touches very often. I think he had, yeah. like, one shot attempt the other game. <laughs> it, It's not at, Oh, did you see the, uh, the Israeli under-20s coach saying that the Wizards were, like, the worst landing spot for Denny? And he hopes. No, I didn't see that. He also said uh, he hopes they trade one of Beal or Westbrook so Denny can get the shine. I don't really agree with that last statement, but I think all like right now. I, well, I don't agree with either statement, but I definitely feel like there are some opportunities that he isn't getting that he probably would have gotten elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think long term, it's not a bad spot for him at all. But I definitely see where the frustration is coming from. Yeah. And I and I, I you know as far as the last statement goes, so I definitely think if one of them were to get traded, you would you would get a lot of opportunities and you would see a better version of him. But that doesn't mean I want them to go out and trade either of those guys. Right. So it's a bit it's a bit tricky. And he's been not given much opportunity here. And he's been kind of pegged in like square peg round hole kind of deal, right? He's yeah. being forced to be this three and D player by Scott Brooks to get on the court. So he doesn't really get an opportunity to have the ball kind of run in transition and do any of that. I think he does get rebounds at a pretty decent level. If you would just rebound and take the ball up, I saw him do it last game a couple times. I think we would see a little bit more out of Denny. But I also think this <laughs> this Israeli coach might be a little insane saying that they should trade Beal or Westbrook to give a rookie who's proved nothing that level of freedom. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. And he's not like Denny is some insane basketball player who was special in Israel. He was a good yeah. player. He wasn't Luka Doncic. He didn't win EuroLeague MVP. Right. He, he's probably the best player in Israeli history, so I understand why they're so passionate about him. But Denny Avdia is not that guy yet. Yeah, he could no, potentially become that guy. His handle is a little weak still for what he's trying to do. Can't really shoot off the dribble. And his left hand is still a little suspect. Also, his passes. I know passing is supposed to be like his strength. It's been yeah. inconsistent. Denny, but this is so random. But Denny's going to be what we wanted. Well, what I don't not, I don't want to say weak because I don't like the guy. But what, um, what they wanted out of Troy Brown Jr. But I think yeah. the common denominator in all of this the the way the Wizards have been, Danny, just everything. It's Scott Brooks, and I think that they need to. They really need to get rid of him. Um, if uh, if Scott Brooks gets fired, all these players get a plus one full letter grade. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like like I don't like Troy Brown, but I think I don't think that you know having a guy like Scott Brooks that you know to develop him and stuff. I don't think that that helped either. And I think we're kind of seeing some of the same things with Denny. And I'm not saying that. 
Troy Brown is only is Troy Brown is what he is solely because of uh, Scott Brooks. No, because Scott Troy Brown is who he is because of mm-hmm. Troy Brown. But I definitely think as far as development and you know just how every, just how everything's going, Scott Brooks has played a big role in that. And it, and it just still just amazes me that he has a job because he's done nothing well. And he, I mean, and you can even say the same for Tommy, but that's that's another story. But just listening to you talk about Denny and you you know recently mentioned Scott Brooks, it just in my head I'm like. Mm-hmm. This guy, like, it's, go. it's really him. <laughs> he, uh, I think he now has the second highest Vegas odds to be the next coach fired after Lloyd Pierce. So I hope so. I hope so. I mean, we know he wasn't fired last season or the last couple seasons because Ted didn't want to spend money on two coaches. He's expiring. Hope, I mean, you can just promote one of your uh, assistant coaches, maybe Robert Pack or something. Just please get rid of him. <laughs> and that's what's so tricky. Like, even this, I mean, I know, like you say, you feel like even if we make the playoffs, they won't get rid of him. But I mean, they, necessarily. They, they won't keep him. That's what right. I mean. But, and that's why it's it's also kind of hard for me to root for us to be good because <laughs> I know what comes with that. I don't want this man. Still it brings there. the risk <laughs> of him yeah. coming back. Yeah. But we can, we can get back to the grades. I Let's just, get back to I'm the just grades, sitting yeah. here and it's just frustrating me because he's such, he's the common denominator in all of this. Yeah. Bertans, he's had, you want to talk about hot and cold. This team has lived and died with Bertans. When Bertans is hot, he is hot. It's nine threes. When he's cold, he goes over. Yeah. I give Bertans a C plus. Uh, I give him a C. And I'm so mad because I say he wasn't completely back, but I switched it up because <laughs> of that game. But I was right. He is right. not completely right. back. He's so hot and cold, and it's so frustrating. I don't know what it is or what, but... He's hitting a little more just, consistently now. His yeah. percentage is up from like 33% to 38%. i will give him credit. He's played his way back into shape. Maybe Scott Brooks was onto something, starting him in the clutch against Portland. That cost us a game. No, <laughs> definitely not. But he's been hitting from three a little more. And that's all you have to do yeah. if you're Davis Bertans. Catch the ball, put it up. If it goes in, you're doing great. If not, keep doing it. Moving on then. Isak Banga. This one's kind of a fun one. Honestly, I probably can't even tell you a good grade on him because I don't never I feel like I never see this man play anymore. That's fair. So his role's been kind of increasing. He kind of got back on the court during the win streak. I've noticed something about Isak Bonga. Go ahead. He is still probably the best perimeter defender on the team. But whenever he's on the court, even though their offense struggles, the other team just stops scoring. It doesn't happen. (laughs) There was one game, I think it was against the Timberwolves. As soon as Bonga came in the game for about five minutes, we went on a 15-2 run. And Bonga was just kind of there. Bongo went off the court. We started giving up points more easily again. I think it has to do with his ability. He's a very, like, very lanky. Very, I think he's like 6'10 and has a really long wingspan, which he's all, he's kind of filling out, by the way. He used to be very skinny. Kind of see a little more muscle on his arms. He can kind of... Re- you know how they, in the NBA, on uh, pick and roll rotations, they kind of have one guy stand in the corner and guard both the guy in the corner and the guy at the top of the key? He does that pretty well and contains both of them defensively. And that changes our defense in a lot of ways. I give Isak Bonga a B minus. And that might be B being insane <laughs> or generous, but I 
he does something. There's something intangible there. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I haven't really seen much of him lately. So mm-hmm. this is probably like it's not the most accurate grade, but just off what I can remember from him, mm-hmm. I probably I I give him a C plus. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Let's move on to your favorite player then, Troy Brown Jr. Troy Bum Jr. Troy That's Bum actually Jr. his name. <laughs> D minus, out of the yeah, rotation, no. does not do much. Troy I'm Brown. not even. Gonna, he's getting an F from me. Getting it? You getting a D minus from me? I have. I have two F's. I want to know if you agree with me. Jerome Robinson, F. Anthony Gill, F. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, I, I focus a lot of my you know animosity on Troy Bum Jr. Uh-huh. But Anthony Gill, from the jump, I knew that this signing was dog poop. It doesn't like okay. We signed him after shooting 45% in the Euroleague from three. He I don't give a damn. He hasn't done anything. <laughs> like no, look. We gave him a two-year this is, contract. <laughs> this is so frustrating because you had teams out there making moves and they go out there and sign Anthony Gill and think that they did something. Like, no. 15th guy I, off the bench. Those are those are my three F's. I'm not going I'm not going to say too much because I'm getting frustrated <laughs> that's fair. just yeah, thinking that's fair. about it. But that's fair. I I got three F's <laughs> compared to your two. And Jerome <laughs> Robinson, uh, his game is just I nah, let me he not has, say that. So <laughs> he shoots. I admire the confidence to shoot from anywhere at any time, like Jerome Robinson does. I don't admire the courage to keep doing it and missing very consistently. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna try to shoot and score at all three levels, you need to succeed. Yeah. Otherwise, you just pick one and you'll find your way back on the court. If you could be yeah, a, a lot of- like, I don't think he's of much of him much as a slasher, but. If he could just stand in the corner, hits his catch and shoot threes, he can have a role on this team. He just refuses yeah. to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of these guys kind of do too much, but overall, I don't. Those three guys, I, by the trade deadline, I want them gone. I know it's probably unrealistic, but I definitely don't want them on my team come off season. Like, ugh. Tommy did and it I, last year. I mean, got rid of IT and, and this and, is the uh, thing. I think Jordan McRae. I think Tommy has got a couple good guys in the draft, but overall, he's been useless he's done nothing but make me dislike him and he's done nothing to really help this team Berton's i mean i know straight? some people i know some what about uh, the Berton yeah straight? yeah i mean he got the baton straight but then he turned around and gave him 80 million but um i mean i i, I give him the baton uh, <laughs> i give him the baton straight and i like i said i like some of his picks but overall i, I personally i just kind of liked hopping in on the anthony davis trade and just getting stuff for free that was yeah. something I was used to, but yeah, no, I mean, I I, I like that point, but it just it kind of like getting Bertans for what we got him for is a bit negated when you turn around and give him eighty million dollars, yeah, yeah. five year, eighty million dollar deal, especially with how he's been recently. But uh, I just I just think overall we need to move, and I pray that we can get Masai because yep. we need that guy, and it still sucks that we didn't, you know, we didn't get Chris from Denver, but it is what it is. But I think that. We was fooled. A lot of us were fooled by Tommy, and I think that he is what he once was, and that's an Ernie disciple. I think he's, you know, better all things considered, but he's just not what we need to turn this franchise around. And he's not. Uh, Hopefully, Ted Leonsis agrees yeah. with you because uh, I mean, I think his contract is up at the end of the season. They don't talk about contracts publicly for anybody. It's a monumental sports uh, policy, I believe. They, they, I mean, they'd given Ernie. Uh, an extension in secret. I wouldn't be that surprised if they do it to Tommy as well. Wouldn't be very happy. But back to grades. I have 
two more players, I think. And then uh, I have two not applicables. Cassius Winston, not going to give a grade because he played like two minutes. Anzas Pashasneeks, technically, I guess I could also throw in there because he played six minutes and he's not on the team anymore. He's an F-. Minus, minus, minus. I agree. It would be an F-, minus, minus for Anzas Pashasneeks. Uh, and Thomas Bryant, also not applicable because he played – Unfortunately, is out for the season. So yeah, I mean, for when he played, I give him a B. I give him a B. But I would have given yeah. him a B plus. I thought he was playing pretty well, but it's I. It, I just don't think it's fair. Yeah, B B plus. I can agree with that. But yeah. yeah. And then last two players are Ish Smith, who I gave a D, which is kind of crazy because I really liked Ish Smith coming into the year. Last season, he was awesome, getting MVP chance in Capital One Arena, <laughs> just playing like a really good backup point guard. Everyone was excited for. This season, it might have been the same thing as uh, Russ kind of playing through some injury in the quad. Sat down right now for six to eight weeks. He wasn't playing that well before he was out. I hope he comes back healthy and he looks better. But overall, I'm giving him a D. Yeah. Now, shout out to the uh, the Ismith fan plays, though. That's one of my favorite. That's my guy. Love at Ismith fan club. That's my guy. But, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a little bit disappointing from how he was last year. But at the same time, I, I think that he's kind of dropped the ball a bit. And it's probably because he isn't really healthy. But he's definitely in that D, D plus range. Well, not D, D plus, D, D minus range. And that sucks to say, but I, I agree with you. Hopefully he comes back, plays a little better. Yeah. Last guy. we could use that. Yeah, absolutely. A backup point guard. Our bench unit has been killing us a little bit. Uh, just having a point guard, and uh, I don't even know. Who and plays. we really need somebody that can consistently score. And Ish yeah. can do that, but it's just a matter of are you going to do it this year or you know? But it's and he's and he's an expiring. A lot of people were kind of hypothesizing he's on the trade market because expiring deal, not a winning team. I wouldn't hate it. It depends on what you can get back for him. Yeah, but I, I would be okay with an Ish Smith trade. And last up, Alex Len had a pretty decent stretch. Plays inconsistently, which is expected. Yeah, he's a guy off I the think street. Got for too a reason, excited right? the first game. <laughs> for, yeah, I mean, he was doing everything that first game. Uh, he had like a three and then missed two free throws. In a but row. that's the Very problem, y'all, You know, y'all get that one game and them couple things, and y'all get all excited. <laughs> y'all gotta calm down. That's what fandom bit, but... is. Come on, gotta get carried away sometimes. <laughs> No, overall, I, I, overall, I, I give him a sometimes. Overall, I give him a deep. I give him a deep, but you can you can get excited sometimes. But sometimes people <laughs> go way too far, man. Yeah, Alex, I was I was squatting on the no, never mind. And I'm telling you uh, from experience because we know what my last fan page was about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about wraps up Wizards, but there is yeah. one other thing I want to talk about. Dre, I really want to know your thoughts on this too, because I know you're super into sneakers. Yeah. The Nike executive, whose son, uh, Nike executive Ann Herbert and her son, uh, Joe Herbert, were running a scam. <laughs> Kinda. Not really. They essentially were abusing the sneakers app and inside information to buy a bunch of shoes and then sell them on the resale market. You are somebody that uses the sneakers app. I, speaking from my experience, I don't, I've never gotten anything on a big yeah. drop because of resellers and bots. <laughs> this really, really pisses me off. 
Yeah, it, it it pisses me off too. I mean, I I gotten a couple wins on the sneakers app. Like I recently just got the off white fives, which I'm still shocked about. Ooh. But <laughs> okay. it's definitely it's definitely frustrating because I feel like the sneakers app as a sneakerhead is one of those apps where you got to spend a lot of money to win, and it's like I have the means to do that, but. Every week, it's an L after L. And then, like you said, like, these guys with bots and these resellers, they're winning. And it's just frustrating because you got people like me who genuinely love sneakers and who, mm-hmm. genu- who genuinely are trying to, you know, rock them and not resell them. And we can't win at all because of people like that. And it's, it's, it's definitely frustrating. And it's gotten to the point recently where I'm starting to, you know, lose my love for sneakers. And it's Aww. crazy to say because I love them. I love collecting them. But, you know, recently, I like, I, it's gotten to the point where I don't even wake up on the weekends to get shoes because I know it's going to be an L. Yeah. And so that's it, what got really me out of sneakers. I was super into sneakers in, like, high school. And then the sneakers that yeah. came out kept getting out. I used to, like, camp out at, like, a, <laughs> ni- at a, at, like, a Nike outlet. In it's, it's crazy because I know. It's, I only camped out about two, three times, and it wasn't really even, like, camp out, camp out. Like, and I don't know. It just really sucks because, like I said, like, I love sneakers, and I thought that sneakers, the sneakers out was going to be the next best thing. Because when when, when Nike was, like, when they just re- um, released shoes manually, and mm-hmm. you, like, could just go at that, I, I lucked up a couple times. Like, I got, like, the with the LeBron 11s. I got, like, the with the KD 6s, stuff like that. So I got a couple gems, and, you know, now with the sneakers out, I don't. I rarely get anything. Like I've every shoe that I don't want, I you know can get. But the shoes that I really, really want, I can't get. And I've you know the last couple months, I've spent money on resale and stuff. And um, I don't want to keep doing that because it's like right now, it's so many shoes that I want. And it's always so expensive on the resale market. Yeah, like it's a shoe that I really, really want right now. And I took an L on uh, sneakers multiple times for the model. And then I was reselling on StockX and GOAT for over 600. And I just just can't do it regardless if I have the means or not. I'm just not going to do it because it's not fair to me. And it's just I'm not going to put that money in your pocket. Like it's just not fair to the consumer. Yeah. And just this inside shadiness. Like, yeah. Did you see how he got caught, by the way? Yeah. He he essentially was trying to get an article written about him to flex the amount of money he was making. He made like 600k in a month. And apparently the caller ID showed up in his mom's name and the reporter figured out why that was. <laughs> yeah, and and it's crazy because like mom just lost a big bag and a big opportunity yeah. cuz he wants to be stupid and flaunt it and 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 that's the I'm thing. glad she even, stepped down though. Yeah, I don't completely I don't even completely dislike resellers. I just dislike how the market goes and how you know all of it works because I definitely feel like if it puts money in your pocket, do it. And if there's a market, then do it. But I just mm-hmm. feel like as a whole, it's been way too oversaturated with these guys that you know are getting fifty to a hundred hundred and hundreds of pairs and it just it ruins the game because like i said you have so many people that genuinely love sneakers and we can't get them without having to pay an extra hundred or two hundred or three hundred and it's really just it's really just unfair like this whole situation you know like i'm praying that this week and i because of what happened i finally get another w but it's probably unlikely Fingers crossed and, for you yeah it's just it really just sucks and it really is just frustrating because like i said like i'm such a big sneakerhead and mm-hmm. i love them so much but you know like, like i said recently i just i don't even have the joy or the effort to even wake up and even attempt no more because i know it's going to be an l like you know like recently on sneakers i got a i got exclusive access to a freaking off-white book but when it comes to the <laughs> shoes you, I, you know like i'm taking all these l's you want me to spend nope. 70 dollars on a book but the shoes that i'm trying to rock i can't get that exclusive access to it's just bogus <sighs> Man. In the entire sneaker market, headed this way, I 
hate resellers more than you do. It's just they. It's just, I mean, no, I, I hate them, but I also understand like it's gonna be a market for everything. I just hate yeah. how bad the market has gotten. Like it's, before, it's it really insane. was. Yeah, you know, like before it was for the you know it really like exclusive things like the mm-hmm. Yeezys and you know like the Nike Yeezys and you know like the limited Jades and stuff. But now it's literally every single and, sneaker. And, and just, I have a bigger size shoe, so there's it's a. I wear a 13. I mean, but so even with the bigger size shoe. No, but even, like that's what I'm saying. For my shoe sizes, the resellers mark it up by like double or triple. So I'm never but, get I never get anything. But I have like I have um like I'm I'm like a seven, seven and a half, but in that range it's kind of rare too because uh they don't make like they don't make many men's seven and seven and a half because nope. people don't typically have that size. And mm-hmm. then even with the GS, they don't like they have the sevens, but so many people wear that. So it's just I like it's it's very hard to get them. And then like I'll go on stock X and like the mm-hmm. the five and a half will be you know two hundred. Then my size would be three fifty. And it's just like bruh, are you serious? <laughs> I think with that being said, if anybody has any tips to help us get some dubs on the sneakers app. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, look, I look, I even you know went and was thinking about buying a bot. I don't want to resort to that, but yeah. I don't know because I hate it and I don't want to join it. But it's just like I love them and I want the shoes so bad. But I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah, it's, it's a trade off. I mean, I understand. <laughs> if you do. Yeah. That being said, be sure to follow us on all our socials at Chasing Chip, uh, at Phantom Sports Net on Twitter for the chip, for the network, at Chasing the Chip on Instagram and. Also at Phantom Sports Network. Be sure to tune in to the OTR show on Friday and the, what's the Phantom Sports podcast on Saturday. 